Oh, He's eating. Might help if I if I actually connect to the audio station, mightn't it? That'll be useful. Fantastic. Popped up on my other screens. How are we doing, big man? I'm all good. Jeez, look at you with the professional headphones. I know. I know. It's not professional. They're just gaming headphones. The bass on these is great. That's why I fucking love them. I was gonna say they look like sound cancelling headphones. Yeah, they're, they're like they're. I think they're Razer Naris, something like that. I'm a Razer fanboy, so everything. I was gonna I've say got, me. I've got like Razer mic, Razer mouse, Razer keyboard. Like I'm a gamer through and through. It's class. Right. So Cam is currently stuck in traffic. Um, so he potentially might join us. He potentially might not join us. Um, but we'll 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 just get straight into it, mate. Yeah, yeah, no, first no. things first. Tell me about how how is everything going with you? Um, it's all right. It's mm. not too bad. Mm. I think at the moment it's just the routine is getting me through it. I am yep. tired in and of myself. I know my body hurts. I wake up first thing in the morning and I'm just like, oh fuck, like <laughs> here we go. Um, but I know I've got a job to get done. Mm-hmm. End of the day, like that, the fact that that is like the glare is so bad from that is really annoying me. Because like, yeah, the sideline would be unreal though for shots. <laughs> um, yeah, so the the routine is definitely getting me through it at the moment. Um, food isn't too bad, so hunger's not too bad. How much are you on? Uh, three, just under three point one on training, and two, just under two point seven, two point six ish on rest. Okay, so you're not you're not trenches trenches yet. No, 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 but. Um, it's 230 minutes of cardio a week. Uh, yeah, so it's 30 minutes on training days, 40 minutes on rest. But literally, I'll wake up first thing, go get that done, fasted, and then I'll come back, mill one, mill two, mill three, gym, mill four, five, six, bed, like, and just keep everything as on the dot as I can. Mm. Just that way, just everything flows. I know when the next thing is happening, and it's just like mini goals throughout the day. It's like, okay, we get we get through to we get through to cardio. Cardio's done. We get through to mill one, mill one's done. And you're just ticking off the boxes as you go. Mm. Just being able to do that is is so nice. Mm. Because you, you're not thinking, oh, fuck, I've got eight more weeks or seven more weeks of this. You think, let's just get through each day at a time. And, and that's the approach I'm taking to it. It's the best way to look at it, mate. I think, like, a lot of posts I've seen recently, I think Max touched on his post today, where it's like, you need to be present in the daily and take those small wins and just get through each day because if you just look at the end goal and you're just living for that end goal then you know even if you get to that end goal and it's maybe not where you want it to be you've basically what like how, how long is your how long is your prep like 18 24 weeks or longer or um i think it was like 19 weeks to first show 24 mm. to last something around there mm. like so yeah, so you so you need to make sure you're you're being present and you're like making the most yeah. and enjoying the process. How we how are you uh dealing with everything mentally? Um, having the support network in place is mm. really important, and it's one of the questions that I got. So potentially we'll touch on it a little bit later on as like a specific topic. Um, just having a good support network of people around you, people that are in the community, the people that understand what you're going through, and and like the struggles of doing that. Because speaking to people that are outside of the community, they don't get it. People Mm. that are outside of the fitness space, it's like there's such a divide between people who understand what you're doing and why you're putting yourself through this and people that don't. Um, And it's no fault to the people that are outside of the community. They're outside of the community. They don't don't know. Um, But for everyone that's in the community, they get it and they, they know. So being able to speak to those people and just have a good support network. Obviously, we've had a couple of chats. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just being able to to 
like I don't want to say unload because it sounds quite harsh. Um, like you're just putting all your stress, but get it out there. Yeah, it's it's good to voice it. I definitely think because I think, you know, I think like especially for me personally, like personally, like the biggest change, like from a a mentality standpoint, is just like I think it's very easy to kind of get in your own head and like trip trip yourself up and overthink all these factors. And especially when you're going through a prep, you know, your, your emotions going to be up and down constantly. And sometimes you need to, you know, be able to speak to someone. And, you know, if, if it's just you and, you know, your family or your friends outside of this who have no idea kind of the pressure you're putting on yourself, all the kind of stuff you have to do on a daily basis, all this kind of stuff, they can be there and they can kind of care for you, but it's not the same as someone who's, you know, living it, knows the exact kind of pressure you're going through and to be able to relate to that is such a massive thing. And I think, you know, having the group chats we have and that support network is just like unreal. How was, um how was like seeing all the boys and uh, the the weekend? How, how did that affect? Honestly, I think, I think I'm going into it. I'll be honest, I was dreading it. And I said it in the group chats as well, just because I'm at that point where I'm pretty fucked. It's something that's outside of my routine, my normal routine. So for me to be planning around it and doing this, any changes to that routine at the moment are like annoying me. Like I've got a busy weekend ahead and it's like, I've got a plan. I've got to go around it. I've got to do this. And then you're like, it's, it's a lot of effort to put in when day-to-day tasks are taking a lot of effort. So mm. it's just a lot of mental strain. So beforehand, I was kind of dreading it. But I'll be honest, as soon as I got some tunes on in the car on the way there, I was like, all right, gaff. Okay, let's get this going. Um, I got up there, met all of them. Everyone was so friendly. You, obviously, you see the faces that you used to only seeing as pictures on WhatsApp. Yeah. And then you start meeting them in person. And, and it's just such a lovely group of people, to be honest. Like, Max has built such an amazing community. Yes. And in person, when everyone was was together cheering each other on, there's a, there's a leg set of ruin. Um, yeah, everyone keeps talking about this, and I just want to see it, mate. Max talks about like putting out his headphones. Yeah, mate, and stuff. So he he was like going for it, mm. um, and he he must have been like a couple of reps in, and I saw that he was going for it, and like Max was there, and it was being filmed um, by Aaron, and I was like, okay, let's go over, let's let's give him a little bit of support, and I was just in the background like, come on in, like let's get it, you know, when you got someone in the background that's like, let's fucking work for this one, yeah, yeah, and then he started to get really deep into it. And Max literally just ripped his headphones off so he could hear all of us around him and he could feel that energy. And like fair play to the guy, he pushed it to the limit. Like I've I've never seen failure like that before. His legs afterwards, well, I'm not kidding, were like that. Like he could not keep them in place. It was a, a brutal set, but it was just so nice to be mm. a part of that environment because he was sat in the center with uh, Max. And we were all kind of like crowded around the machines on the outside. And there yeah. must have been like six, seven, eight of us all around him pushing him on. And just that environment, it was really like, it was just inspiring, to be honest. Mm. Um, because it was something that um, was touched on by a couple of the boys. Like, we're, we're in a community where it's very easy to be misunderstood. Um, where you can bring meal preps to events and people will be like, what are you doing? Mm. when you're there we are all like one in the same we're all we're all on that same journey so for us to all connect in that type of environment it was it was it was incredible and i'll be honest like the the following couple of days i got like no sleep but Mm. i still had a a spring in my step afterwards just because of that like going there and seeing all of them and seeing that yeah it kind of gave you like a social recharge kind of thing yeah so even though i was dreading it like it it was it did wonders for me to be fair Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um like what give it give people like a idea of because because you're a your is it your degree is like mental health nurse 
Is that, so, what, is that what you're studying? So I did my first degree in psychology. So I've got a BSc in psychology. I did that 2018 to 2021. I took a year out. I worked in the NHS. Um, and now I've come back to do a mental health nursing degree. So my kind of focus is on the, the mentality and the mental side and bringing that in with the gym and the physical nursing, especially within like the healthcare space. The, the ideas of nutrition and training and, and that are so misrepresented that I want a big part of what I'm trying to push for to be um, combining the two things together and, and being able to, to work Branch the gap in a way. Yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and to be honest, I feel like they are so interlinked and it's just so misunderstood within both industries. You've got a lot of the medical professional side of things that just don't don't see it as a good answer and i feel like a lot of um, the medical industry is so focused on medication to try and fix things whereas the fitness industry the 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 positive energy you can get from that the outlook giving people a sense of purpose there's so much that goes on there that i think could help with a lot of these conditions um and just people that are struggling in that mental space that need the support um but it's about finding good people as well like mm -hmm. you have to have that good community um, and it's a topic that I keep on coming back to time and time again, is the importance of building a good gym community and finding good like-minded people to keep around you and close to you so that you can all support each other and, and all reach your goals. Mm. It's weird, as uh, you mentioned about like, um, like obviously doctors obviously like prescribing pills and that, that kind of stuff. Like Joe Rogan was talking about it the other day. Like I can't remember what podcast it was, but it was like one of the ones and he was saying, it's so weird that like in a, a modern day and age when you have like a understanding like mental health has come a long way since like, you know, earlier days. And it it seems like they're still stuck in these old ways where it's just like, oh, this person is depressed. Right. So let's give them a pill. But they're not really understanding kind of where it stems from. Like, is this person? Why isn't this person happy in their life? What is it that's causing them to feel this way? And it's just like, oh, no, we're just going to prescribe you medication so we can make some money at the end of the day and like send you on your merry way. And it's but there's so many issues that come in place there. Yeah, the original purpose of medication, so for reference sake, a lot of um, like antidepressant medications haven't been studied for long-term use. They were yeah. designed for use within like a six-month period to bridge the gap between someone who is really struggling and being able to go to see a therapist or something like that. But yeah. especially in the UK, the issue is the waiting list for therapies is so long. And when people go on these medications, they no longer have a reason to want to stop because they fix their problem or for however many people, because obviously some people it doesn't work like that. Or they just numb it. Yeah, and, and, and they just never want to deal with the problem that's at hand. And the yeah. issue is, is that that problem doesn't go away. That pro They're on those medications for a reason because there's something that's not dealt with. There's some form of trauma. There's something that's happened in their life that has made them feel this way. And that's never being resolved. But they've got a pill that they take every morning mm. and they don't know any different by this point. Because when you get a year deep into taking a medication like that, you just take it in the morning because it's routine. And mm. you don't want to stop because this is what you see has helped you deal with it. But and it's all you know. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I've had a client come to me recently who, who's on medication and he's been on medication for six, seven years, something like that. And I said to him, like do you want to be on this medication do you just feel like you take it out of routine like where where where's your head at and it comes when it comes to it and he was like yeah like it, it does feel like it's routine like i've never i've never dealt with it and the times that he's tried to stop the doctors have done horrendous things with his medication obviously mm. medications like this a lot of times have very harsh withdrawal symptoms so you can't just take them out and stop it doesn't work like that because your body 
cannot cope without the medication after it's been on it for that long. The withdrawals are horrendous. And so if you just half someone's dose, it doesn't work like that. And they're going to think they need it even more because they're experiencing withdrawals. So that there's so many issues with the medication side of things, the way that the UK runs it and, uh, and potentially worldwide. Um, and it's just, it's such a massive problem when they're giving out like candies that people just don't deal with the underlying problems at hand. And this isn't the case for everyone. Some people mm. that there are genuine reasons for them to be on it long-term. Don't get me wrong. Like don't. It, it's it definitely is an issue where it's just being over-prescribed and like they're not looking too deep into it and they're just saying, oh, quick, quickest way to solve it, just take this and we'll deal with it later down the line. And it just gets pushed back and back and back. And I think the lack of um, certain areas of having like NHS staff. So when it comes to therapy lists, you you could have a consult within what I think it's like two weeks at the moment. But mm. all that consult is, is to figure out which area you need to go into. And then you're on like a 12 month waiting list. And by that point, you're like, I'm not waiting 12 months for it. And then where do you sit? People don't want to pay to go private to get to get therapists and deal with the issues because actually actively wanting to deal with your issues is is something that's like an achievement mm. because it's way easier to run from it than it is to actually deal with it but for people to move forward in their lives they, they do need to deal with it and and i don't have a problem with medication when it's used correctly or at least the way that i see it as being used correctly it's, it's obviously a subjective thing but that the issue is is that it needs to be used alongside other methods of dealing with the problem at hand and i don't feel like it's used that way a lot at the moment um but yeah, once again, this is a very like subjective view. Different people view things differently and, and there is no necessarily one right take on this. But the way that I see medication is that it is overprescribed. There are a lot of people who've been on it long term that have never um, looked to deal with their problems and, and understand themselves and why they feel this way. And that's just led to a massive overprescription of, of these medications. Mm -hmm. And have you have you like experienced this firsthand? Is that like what got you kind of down this kind of like path or is it just you know something you recognize as an issue and it's something you thought i can try and tackle this so in terms of my personal experience i was on antidepressants from like 16 to 20 21 mm -hmm. and i went off um, like five or six different medications so in terms of like first-hand experience i i could definitely say that i have some and that's why when mm -hmm. i said about the withdrawals being so bad i know firsthand like the, coming off those medications is is just something that no one ever wants to experience when what is the kind of like withdrawal like um it's, it's quite hard to explain mm. it, it's like physical pain um like a craving like a, a, a coldness shivers a, it, it varies quite a bit person to person mm -hmm. um but it just makes you feel like you've been hit by a train yeah it, it's just not a pleasant experience think what alcohol withdrawals would be like it's mm. the same principle your body just becomes reliant on it and and how a lot of these antidepressant medications work is so for example selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors they prevent the reuptake of serotonin in your system which means that your body has more serotonin available and serotonin affects loads of things in your body so when you start playing with that level well firstly when you go onto the medication there's like a four to six adjustment a four to six week adjustment period or so um before it starts to become effective and in that time your body is basically going what the hell is going on mm. and so you'll go through side effects you can get worse before you get better one of the main um like side effects of antidepressant medication is depression because your body just doesn't know what it's doing it can mess with your sleep weight gain appetite e everything under the sun in that period just while it's figuring things out 
and it does the same thing but worse when your body becomes reliant on it on the other side it can completely throw you and just yeah make things worse before they make it better um and obviously if you're giving this medication to a person who is depressed who does have suicidal tendencies or whatever the situation is and you're going yeah take these by the way they can cause depression it's like there, there's there's risks associated with that and and generally when these medications are prescribed you do need to have a checkup um it's generally monthly i think at the start it's after like two to four weeks and then it slowly gets longer over a period of time as to if you need it and if mm. you need to adjust the dosages but you, you do need to have follow-up appointments and this that the other but realistically it i feel like it's a bit of a broken system but yeah. it's put in place because it's it, it just makeshift it's the best thing we can do at the moment considering the state of the nhs because realistically the nhs is in shambles in so many ways mm. on to on to a brighter topic i swear it, it's a positive podcast it's just no it is is something i like it's, it's real problems like, yeah like i so many people face one of the main reasons i i started this podcast like cam cam is very um like me and cam are both very like heavy set on like openly speaking about mental health because like even though don't get me wrong like it's 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 come leaps and bounds from where it is there still is such a massive stigma for kind of speaking about it and speaking how you how you feel and like you know i i think there's so much importance of just like being able to speak out especially if like you never know who's looking up to you you never know like it's so easy for someone just to hide it and i think that openly speaking about it is just gonna help you know people feel more comfortable with it more you know like just be able to open up themselves and you know i definitely like look up to people like you openly speaking about stuff like this on your your story max like you you certain people you just don't expect it from and it's just like some some people just brush it under the rug and like you said with like pills i think a lot of guys definitely think you know it's easier to take a pill than to openly just talk about this and it's just i I just think there's so much importance of just openly speaking about these kind of things but moving on from that I, I, from, just before we move on yeah. there's one thing i want to touch on mm-hmm. if anyone is listening to this and thinks now oh i shouldn't take medication don't take that approach. Like if, if you need it, there is no shame in taking it. Just be prepared to try and deal with the things that you are facing, because as we've said, it will help in the short term, but in the long term, it's, it doesn't seem like a viable solution, at least to me. There's no like shame in, in seeking out help or any sort of medication if that's what you need at that given time. And no one is going to know if that's what you need, but you. And obviously professionals can try and advise you, but the, the best way forward, at least in my opinion, is to try and deal with whatever the underlying issue is. And if medication is going to help you to do that, th- there's no shame in seeking that help. So I just think that's an important disclaimer to put out there. 100%. Because obviously speaking about medication in the way we have, some people be like, oh, I don't want to do that now. Yeah, yeah. It's not a case of that. I'm not I'm not speaking down about people that take medication. And as I said, I know people that take it. I've taken it myself. I've been down that route. Don't You're just giving your take. Out. Yeah. Don't be afraid to reach out to people if you do need that help. Mm-hmm. what um what i was gonna ask you is how did you get into bodybuilding like how, how long have you been doing it for what what actually made you want to start pursuing it and then when did you take the leap to become enhanced okay so um i've been in and out of gym since i was what like 16 like um sixth form type of time was when i started going into gyms mm. um 
and I think it, it was more just like physique development I just wanted to look better feel better about myself I was always kind of like that like skinnier kid um I did like swimming and long distance running and stuff like that so I was not built in any way shape or form uh, and I think there was just an element where I just wanted to feel a little bit better about myself put on a little mm. bit more muscle gain a little bit more self-confidence um and then when I was 18 just before I went to uni I kind of really started to get into my stride in terms of routine and and doing things well properly at that point I felt like I was doing things properly and later on down the line I realized I really wasn't um I think the big thing is, is for me is like the change in knowledge across time is you always think you're doing it right and then you get later on down the line you're like bollocks that mm. was not that was not like the, the correct way to do it but deadlifting you know, with a curved spine you know yeah, doing like 20 fine. sets of arms Dude. yeah like me doing like abs daily doing like loads of exercises that just anyway yeah there's loads loads of stuff like that me barbell benching one rep maxi all the time anyway um <laughs> so yeah and then i went to uni um and to be honest i fell into the uni lifestyle quite a lot more in second year than in, in first year in first year i was still pretty consistent with it and over the summer of first year as well i was like slamming out gym i was doing like meal preps and stuff like that even though i didn't really understand calories and macros that well at that point mm -hmm. um and i managed to get a pretty decent physique second year hit and i just pretty much fell into drinking to be honest i succumbed to the uni lifestyle and then covid hit and then everything just went to shit at that point um i came out of covid on the back end and i gained a lot of weight like my before and after covid pictures are beyond a joke um, and after that point i was like no i'm gonna like i'm gonna sort it out i loved going to the gym obviously they were closed over covid so i started getting back into it and i started um getting more and more in shape and then i finished uni i started working full-time and it was around that type of time that i moved to my old gym which was a gym that had quite a lot of bodybuilder-esque types in there um, and it was my first experience of a non-commercial gym as well which I think was a complete game changer. And for anyone who trains at a commercial gym, please try a non-commercial gym because you'll yeah. see it's a completely different... It changes your outlook so quickly. Yeah. And, and you'll meet so many like interesting people as well. Like, not that there aren't even commercial gyms, but um, I, I feel it's such a different vibe. And I started um, training there. I met a good couple of people there. And then I went through a pretty bad breakup, to be honest. And for me, that's when I started Enhancements. So you're like revenge arc times a million. <laughs> um, I kind of had this idea in the back of my head at that point of competing, but I definitely started for the wrong reasons myself. Hmm. Um, were you were you coached at this point when you went enhanced, or were you just like bodybuilding forums kind of thing? This, this yeah, yeah, doing like my own research, and obviously I've got like a bit of a medical background, so I kind of understood things this, that, the other. And I was working at a GPs as well at the time. It was only like receptionist work, but it meant that I was in close contact with GPs, so I could get my bloods done. Uh, yeah, because I knew the GPs and they put my bloods through for me, and, and I they were like, "Fucking hell, your test has gone up so much. What's going on here?" <laughs> there was a there was a GP who was who was like he was so nice, and I sat down with him and I said, "Look, this is what I want to do." And he was like, "If you're going to do it, we'll do it properly. We'll get the bloods done. We'll get everything sorted along the way." And I was like, "Mint, fair play for it." Yeah, like he's he's solid. Mate, I've still got his number. Um, <laughs> I was going to say most people are just like, especially GPs, just like turn their nose up at it, yeah. and it's uh, just but that's why it's like I, I cherry picked who. Because I yeah. knew that he'd react well. So I was like, aha! Um, <laughs> there were benefits to working at a GP reception, uh, even though it's a crap job. Mm. Uh, um, <laughs> no offense to any GPs listening. Uh, no, uh, no, GP reception jobs. Oh, reception, sorry. Um, yeah. The amount of abuse you get is beyond a joke. But anyway, um, yeah, so I kind of went down the enhanced route um, and definitely didn't do the start right. 
Mm. Um, I will admit that I took too much for my first time. But to be honest, I didn't really get any side effects. I gained a good chunk. Mm. Um, but I also got fat because at this point, I still didn't have a good idea about diet. And this was like five or like four or five years, somewhere around there, like five years into my training. And I still just did not know what I should have known. Were you eating clean or was it just like calories? It, it, it was like 50-50, bro. There was a point in time where I was eating a thousand calories of nuts a day. Like, <laughs> you, like, you know, like, <laughs> like, I was like, fuck it. Right, let's get these yeah, calories. Yeah, let's get into it, mate. Healthy <laughs> fats, yeah. yeah. There's a reason that I got chunky, okay? Like, I was, I was like i was 100 kilos but i was 100 kilos with a lot of body fat. yeah um and then i had a mate of mine who was getting like started as a pt and he wanted to bring me on as a client um shout out at ox pt but anyway um and he basically i said to him look my by this point i decided that i wanted to compete i decided pretty early on into the cycle that i wanted to compete i was like if i'm doing it let's let's go balls to the wall let's, yeah, let's uh, go let's all the compete. way like, I've loved training. I've loved doing this. I love the commitment. I love the dedication. Uh, I love that grind and the progression. So let's, like, set my sights on it. And I said to myself, this was probably around January 2022 type time, that I was like, we're going to do this. Let's let's compete. Um, and it came around to, like, April, May type of time. I finished my first cycle, and I started with um, my old coach. And I was like, look, I don't care about body fat. I don't care about anything. I just want to get as big as possible. And he went we'll do a mini cut first mm -hmm. um and that mini cut turned into like a 20 week cut where i got i lost 16 kilos and got pretty peeled and then i realized that i was not as big as i needed to be um and then we started bulking back up um and by this point i was on my like third cycle um and it was kind of around this point that i realized me having a natural coach while doing enhanced shows was oh that's mad was not going to work um, Actually, I say that, but I'm with Max and I'm natural. <laughs> well, like, well, he, he, my coach was natural, and it just meant mm. that I was still doing all the gear side of things myself. Mm. So, I was speaking to Max beforehand and was planning to get him to do my posing because my coach was men's physique, and mm -hmm. um, obviously I'm doing like classic, so or junior bodybuilding, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And so I spoke to Max about posing, and then I also said about gear. And at this point, Max went, "Mate, I'm going to be doing most of this stuff for you in the background anyway. You might as well just jump on and, and we'll." we'll kind of start working together um and i spoke to my old coach about it and he was like mate completely understand like it's the best move for you moving forward um so i support you in doing that so i left my old coach moved to max um and i was with max towards the end of that cycle and i've been with him ever since and since then it's just been up and up and up um obviously having max for the gear side of things max's experience he's what 29 and my old coach hadn't been in the game that long um so so just the jump in in knowledge and experience was incredible um and and yeah it's been i don't want to say a success story ever since we'll see how competitions go um but that's just like a brief rundown of of my history as far as gym goes but i, th I think the main point to take out of that is firstly um i didn't feel like i actually knew much about training or diet until mm. probably about a year just over a year ago mm -hmm. to be totally honest with you and it's only then that kind of everything clicked and since then progression has just been stupid as mm -hmm. soon as everything got in track and as soon as i started tracking everything and understanding diet and understanding training and biomechanics like and there's a part of me that was just like imagine if i knew all this sooner mm. i always say this to people and we've said it previously on the podcast like you know, every like everyone is going to make mistakes. And obviously you didn't know better at the time. But like, if anyone's listening to this, 
you know, make sure you have a base knowledge of, you know, training, nutrition, you know, sleep, all these small habits, even if you think it's like such a small thing, it has such a big impact on how you perform, how your mindset improves. And like, if you introduce, you know, gear early on, and you're not nailing the foundation, you are basically just, you know, driving your car in first gear, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I'll be honest, all of these things, a coach will help you to achieve mm-hmm. like and obviously a lot of people are like oh coach it's a lot of money this but like, yeah, it can be depending on who you're going with but literally getting yourself even like a lower entry level coach mm. who can help guide you through this will change the way you train and change the way you see nutrition entirely and obviously mm. this sounds a bit biased with both of us being coaches but yeah. like genuinely um, as soon as i got a, a coach who just kind of smacked me into uh, in, into the like knowledge side of things completely changed everything for me mm. um and and since then i've done so much more research into it um uh, and just my knowledge is exploded it like absolutely exploded mm. and so is my progression in that time as well i think it's important as well like it's it's so you gain so much knowledge from being coached by someone who's done what you want to do it's like when you get a job and you work underneath someone like you're you're learning firsthand from someone who's walked the walk and it's there's you're, so you're, much you're value in just being able to do are, that. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, as we said, they've gone down the path that you've gone down. And so for you to learn from them, not make the mistakes that they made. Mm. And, and there's, you just save so much time. And I think like time is a big thing in this game, especially mm. if you're a competitor, obviously you have a limited time for me. I'm still a junior and I can compete in juniors now, but if I, this whole time scale was pushed back a year, I probably wouldn't be competing this year because I wouldn't be big enough to go against the the, the over 24s. Mm-hmm. So time scale is a huge thing. And the earlier you can get that knowledge up and start learning about nutrition, what to do, why to do it, training, why we're doing certain things, biomechanics, it will change your progression entirely. Mm. And I, I know I know we've talked about it before. What um what shows are you doing? How many are you planning on doing? So the plan is for um we're starting off with two shows so the first one is pca first timers on the 24th of september and then i'm also going to do a fitx show on the 1st of october and i'm hoping for finals from both of them so mm-hmm. those are a, a week apart and then there's yep. a week gap and then the pca finals is on like the 14th 15th of october and then the fitx finals is 21st 22nd of october so it'll mm-hmm. be two weekends of shows a week off two weekends of shows if i get the finals for both and mm-hmm. that's the rough plan at the moment there might be a little bit of play with them um but yeah, I'm currently sitting seven and a half weeks out, something like that. Lovely stuff. And have you fought past that point or are you just keeping? So me and Max have kind of planned across for the next like two years or so. Um, Sorry, I just got a hamstring cramp. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> what, what, what the hell just happened there? <laughs> I've just got hamstring cramp. Oh, yeah. I'd literally never had like a bad cramp until the other day. And oh. mate, I've had nothing like it. My quad complete, I could not move it. I got a forearm cramp yesterday brushing my teeth. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Um, yeah, Sorry. so, plans. Um, so we're going to compete, obviously, that that is up until the end of October. Uh-huh. Um, and then we're going to go straight into the off-season, straight to start pushing food up. Um, and then we're going to basically keep on bulking until probably around mid-next year. Go into, like, a mini prep, just mm-hmm. to obviously control body fat, it, get the food sensitivity back um, and then go into a bulk again or back into the same bulk 
and then the plan at the moment roughly is for shows again in like april may 2025 ish the only thing is is because i'm a nurse i'm on placement a lot next year yeah and then by the time that 2025 rolls around um i will have a management placement and i don't know when all those placements are um so managing placements with training and nutrition is is going to be something that i'm going to have to play by ear a little bit because i yeah. don't know what my placements are going to be looking like at the moment but that's the rough plan um and then long-term goals would be profile within the next five years mm-hmm. that's what I, want. I can see it happening mate i, I have full i have full faith and I, it kind of links back to what you were talking about earlier is like it's nice to have these goals in place but you've got to celebrate the small like the smaller mm. wins as well as you go because yeah that's what a, a, a plan for the next eight weeks two years five years but there's going to be so much that happens within that time frame that as much as i have these goals in place i'm enjoying the journey man i'm mm. loving prep it's difficult and but you're learning so much about yourself and it's just being able to be present in the moment and take the lessons that it's teaching you along the way um it's just so important as well what what are some takeaways you've had from uh prep so far um the importance <laughs> of having those people around me is the biggest one mm. um and just surrounding yourself by like-minded individuals who want to support you in reaching your goals um there, there's too many people that are like competitive or jealous or don't want you to see well or who, who will be there at the end to, to be like oh you did amazing but yeah not but not through the process the when, they, when you most need them and 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 for me at least with the group chat as well like this is such a big thing that i've said along the way for me if i do well at competitions it's a success for me but it's a success for the people around me as well like Mm. i'm not keeping that to myself it wasn't all me yeah i'm going through the process and i'm doing this but like people like yourself for example who have supported me so much throughout this process it should be a massive win for you as well and i want to share that win with you guys like it, it, it's not a selfish thing. I'm not going to step on stage and say, this was all me. I've had an amazing support network of people around me and it shows you who those true friends are. It shows you clear as day because the people that, that you, you thought were there for you before who now don't understand and don't want you to do well and, and aren't willing to like work with you, that it becomes so evident. And I genuinely believe that there are points in your life and things that you will go through that will show you who your true friends are. And for me, prep is one of them. Like mm-hmm. it's it just becomes so apparent um and i think the other thing about prep you spend a lot of time by yourself so it gives you a lot of time to think and reflect and understand your reasonings behind why you're doing this to like to have such a strong mental state and and you have to because otherwise you sit here going why am i doing this and if you're doing that the, then and, and you can't find a good answer for it you ain't gonna keep doing it mm. So you, you do have these mental battles sometimes and you need to be so sure of yourself. And yeah, there are times in this prep so far that I've questioned myself and I've questioned like, why am I putting myself through this? Like, what am I getting out of this? But I'm still here, which mm. means that I found that reason for myself. That it's like, this is good enough for me. Like, and, and I'm set on doing this regardless. I think uh, we should uh, get into some questions. Yep. Did you... Wait, that was a lot about me. Let's just talk quickly about you before we get into some questions. You sure? Um, yeah, yeah, man. Like, obviously, I, I'm the guest, but you've still got plenty going on in your life. You're doing your little cut at the moment, ready for your holiday. Talk to me about that. What's what's going on on your end of things? Yeah, it's good, mate. Um, I think something I want to touch on first, like, from what you said there, and I think I kind of I kind of came, like, I I jumped I jumped between so many coaches in the last, like, 
I think in the last like year and a half, I've had like four or five coaches. Like I went all over the place. And I think the whole time I was trying to figure out like, I kind of had this kind of epiphany halfway through since joining with Max. And I was just like, I love bodybuilding. And I'm not saying I won't ever compete, but I think, I think I've, when I first started the gym, I started it because I, I love training. I love the people, you know, I met from it, all this kind of stuff. Um, and I think along the way, I kind of got obsessed a bit more with bodybuilding. And then I started seeing all these people on social media and I thought, oh, this is the route I have to go down. This is the route I have to follow. And you see it all the time on social media where people say like, oh, um, you know, bodybuilding isn't for everyone. And like, I always used to look at that and I used to think, yeah, yeah, whatever. But I, I had like a realization, like, like you said, you need to realize like why you're doing this. Like, why, why, why are you doing this? And the reason I'm doing it is one, it makes me happy. And two, I just want to, I want to get the best out of myself that those are the two main things for me. And at this current moment in time, I don't really want to compete. I don't. I've, one reason, like I, I need, I've never done a, a proper off season because I've, because I've jumped through so many coaches. It's always been like join a coach, do do like a mini cut, and then start bulking. And because I've done that so many times, it was like mini cut, bulk, mini cut, bulk, mini cut, bulk, and it was like no ever like there was never a real big off season. Um, and I finally feel like with Max and this group, like something I've just been searching for this whole time was like community. Like that is such a big thing for me because, you know, when when I initially started uh, training, I started with with my mate Matt and like I still work with him to this day. Um, just at Sainsbury's doing like bits here and there. But like, you know, that once, you know, you kind of like lose, you know, companionship and you're just like doing this kind of thing on your own daily. Like I started putting so much pressure on myself to be like, I've, I've talked about so many times, but like it, it would literally get to the point where it's like, if I'm training at another gym and I can't access this equipment, or if I'm doing exercises in the wrong order, or if I'm not getting my macros to a T, or if my sleep is a slight bit off. And it was like, I'm not living my life. Like I genuinely got to a point where I wasn't seeing friends. I was isolating myself and I was like, bodybuilding is taken away from my life more than it is giving me. And that isn't what I want. And I feel like through this group chat, it's made me realize I can do both at the same time. And I feel like I kind of needed those personalities like Zao, these other people who aren't just like, I, I respect and I love everyone who who's in a group chat and they're like pushing bodybuilding to the extreme, but it's nice to have, you know, the other half where it's just like, I'm still doing life. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like I needed to see that option because like my following, like I, I went on an unfollowing spree because my following was just like pro bodybuilder, pro bodybuilder, pro bodybuilder. And like, I literally went enhanced last year and like we talked about in the group chat today when we were talking about like a lot of people taking gear for the wrong reason. And I was at a point where I was just like, don't like my physique. Just, I feel, I feel shit about myself. I, I want my business to do better. And that is not the right reason to do it like at all. So I had this realization and I was like, I don't need to just do this one way. I can like still live my life. I can still enjoy bodybuilding and later down the line, if I want to do that, I, it's it's still there the stage is never leaving as corny as it is that everyone says that but still um 
I, I and definitely being a part of this process now i know mm -hmm. this isn't for everyone mm. there are not many people and like it's given me a whole another level of respect for people that do this regularly oh 100 not, not a process that you can just put yourself through and you have no repercussions there are repercussions on on yourself on your social situation on your relationships um on every part of your life there, mm. there is so much strain that comes from it that if you don't have that good enough mental reason for you to do it you are not going to you're not only not going to enjoy the process but you're not going to do well either. Mm. like you have to be so sure of yourself and and i think for people that go to the gym and just do it for the for the uh, as you said it, there's a level of balance you still enjoy the progression you still want to get better but you don't need to push it to that extreme yeah you and don't need to isolate yourself from life and your life is purely just this one thing yeah. and it's just yeah. yeah i think i realized like halfway through before we like started dieting because i think we were we were initially bulking for a bit and i just i was just like i'm gonna get lean for holiday because i've never been lean on holiday and i just yeah. want to do it and i'm not even gonna take my top off because it's, it's like we're not going to a pool or anything but i was like fuck it i want to do it i want to get lean i want to put myself in a good position for an actual good off season um and yeah it's it's been like we've had we've had like slight hiccups here and there along the way but like everything's back on track i'm very happy with how i'm looking currently um i feel like the biggest thing for me is just like the i've i've kind of just like eased off like if i have these small slip ups here instead of like beating myself up and being like for fuck's sake why why do you keep doing this why aren't you just like a robot in a way um it's allowed me to progress so much more because i've pulled that pressure off it's just like you know you have to understand you are human you are gonna mess up here and there it's like you with your rice situation you know <laughs> no, no. <laughs> please tell yeah, them about that okay so i was measuring my rice and i realized that i had been tracking it wrong and i've tracked it wrong ever since i started tracking it because i was doing it off of uncooked weight and when it was cooked weight but i had kind of accounted for it it wasn't that far off but i looked at it and i was like i'm 250 grams of carbs off like this is this is ridiculous because i just swapped out my carb sources said i was dropping weight i dropped like four kilos in 10 days i looked at it and i was like what? were you and max not like what the fuck is happening no i was looking at it i was like what something is not fucking right so i went back to it and i was like bollocks and then i looked at it and realized that i had kind it was like it was like 20 grams of carbs off it wasn't yeah that bad, so it wasn't that but big. i just got so in my head i was like, mm. fuck but I, I think you touched on a good point there of like the pressure that people put on themselves mm. and i know that's something that i'm not good at dealing with Mm. I put myself under, I, I hold myself to such high standards and I put so much pressure on myself to do well. Mm. And it's something that I've been reflecting on a lot recently. And it's something that um, I've had quite a few people say to me as well. It's like, you're in a really good spot, like, but you, you don't, you don't seem like you know that. You don't I feel like it's because we're always looking for more though. We're always looking for that next thing. We're always Pay like, more. Yeah, but there's someone Pay better. This guy is pushing this weight. This, you know, this person's this much bigger and, the like the comparison and all this kind of stuff but it's just like if you could just focus on your own situation and just like cut out all all the other noise out like you're going to make so much more progress and you know having taken that pressure off myself like throughout this this phase and i like i think that is the biggest thing for me and I, if i can keep this up i genuinely like Although I'm enjoying life, I like I'm not categorizing myself as a bodybuilder because I'm gonna be a lot more like lenient lenient. Like I'm going out on Friday, you know, I'm I'm drinking and I'm on a cart, but like I'm still gonna to stick to stuff. But like I would have never done that like six weeks ago. And as insane as some people listen to this might think you're like, what the fuck? Like to me, I was just like, Yeah, but I can't what if I'm in bed like, you know, what if what it's empty calories, you know, I could be using that for training. What if I have training the next day? And it's just like 
I feel like that approach for me is going to be so much healthier in the long run. And I feel like if I can just stay consistent with that, then, you know, who knows where it could go. But yeah, I, think it's very I, I feel very blessed. Like for you, obviously, that's the approach that works for you. And for, mm. for me, I feel like I would beat myself up too much about that. I think obviously we have very different goals in mind as well. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Stepping on stage, like there are certain things that you can and cannot do. And that's mm. the nature of it. And I think for me, my level of taking pressure off is me going, I don't care where I place. Mm. For me, this is my first time going through a prep. It's my first time learning my body to this, like when I'm going through this process, learning what happens in my headspace. And it, it's just um, taking the lessons away that I can use in future because I will do this again. Like my plan, as I said, is to get a pro card and that's not just going to happen in this season or, or the next season or probably even the season after that. And I think that's where my... Also, one thing I just want to touch on you said there, thank you for being realistic with that. Like we talked about that today, but there's... There is so many people in this industry who are so delusional, who think they're going to take one cycle and they're going to get a pro card like that. And there's so many hype men. And it's like, if you truly care about this person and they're, they're mental, imagine what you're doing to that person, gassing them up all the way to show they, and then they get on stage and they don't even place. And they're thinking, what the fuck? All my friends said I was, I was, I was going to win. What, what, what is going on? Do my friend, are they lying to me? Are they being like, like, uh, and it's not only the the, the friends I think it's right let's take more gear then yeah and, and it's the coaches as well yourself. yeah like and and this is why I've said it about Max time and time again so mm. I've spoken to Max about my cycle and mm. I've got Winstroll I like I bought it before we even d discussed it because in my head I was like you do a comp prep you take Winstroll like that's just how it works and Max said we're not going to use it I was like what the fuck like what do you mean he's like you don't you don't need it like you, you you're firstly you're only going to put things in like this if you need it but also you, it's your first time we're not pushing for anything big why are you going to put your body under that much strain mm. and that made me sit back and go you know max actually wants the best for me mm. because him as a coach he could have sat there and gone yeah we'll add windstroll in we'll add in t3 t4 anavar super dry. like and he didn't because he 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 knows that my health is more important he knows that that's not what this season is You're, about. i think i think the biggest thing i've learned like and something i really want to like implement in my own coaching like one creating a sense of community like because that is the so like I, I don't I genuinely and I'm not even gassing Max up, I genuinely don't think there's a coach in the game who has like a community like this. Like I, I, I just haven't seen anything like that. Like from you know, maybe there is group chats, but like I, it isn't talked about and like no, the people don't talk about the group chats at all. Yeah, and it's just like the it's it's like I'm in a group chat with like 30, 30 of my best friends. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I haven't exactly. I haven't even met I've met Zhao, but that's it. And it's exactly. like it's wild, like the support and like the positivity, and you can just tell it's genuine. Yeah. Like everyone genuinely wants the best, and as well as that, like Max sees everyone as an individual, not as a number, and he genuinely wants the best. Even if you're a lifestyle person and your goal is to lose like ten kg, he's happy with that, and he will fucking push you for that, yeah. and he will be as proud of that person losing 10 kg then like you getting a pro card like it's the same thing yeah. and i feel like that is what all coaches should be you know yeah of course there's going to be coaches who specialize in in competitions and and all that kind of yeah. stuff but making someone feel valued and yeah. i've i yeah i just think i feel like being a part of that community as well i don't see myself as being better than anyone because i'm competing mm. i feel like there's a lot of people in this game that do it's like oh yeah you're not competing though you're not on my level mm. it's like no you're reaching your goals and that's what matters your goals aren't the same as my goals but that doesn't make my goals more important than yours mm. yet we have to do things differently like uh, of course we do as you said obviously with you going out i can't just do that while i'm on comp prep 
Helpful. But that doesn't mean that I'm better than you. We just have different goals and different things that we want to achieve in our lives at, at this, at least at this current moment in time. Mm-hmm. And and I think you're you're so bang on. Is that Max is so supportive of each and every person in that group. He's built such a good connection with not only each every individual in the group, but the group as a whole. Um, it, it's just such an amazing community. And I'll be honest, I, as as soon as I became part of it, everyone was so welcoming. There's so much support. There's so much banter between our lads and that. And it's like you said, it's like a group chat with 30 of my best mates that I didn't know existed until a couple mm. of months ago. And yeah. it, it's, it's amazing to be a part of. Mm. Genuinely. Right, let's get into some questions. Did you get any questions? Uh, a couple. We've touched on a couple of the topics as well. Um, but you start and I'll I'll take a scroll through. That's right. We'll be going for for like I think fifty minutes anyway, so we don't need to you know ramble on. Um, first one is Monster considered an anabolic steroid? <laughs> um, it depends who you ask. For me at the moment, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, mate, I'll be honest. I wasn't a massive Monster drinker, and I was like, before I went up to Ultraflex, I was like, go on then, let's get me some energy in. Mm. Uh, and and ever since then, I've started having monsters and it's slowly become an issue oh an interesting side topic on this one of my mates posted about this earlier um about like sweeteners being considered like carcinogenic so things like monster and red bull yeah you always see you always see people say that on the list of things that are carcinogenic above the sweetener is working night shifts and being a hairdresser like genuinely my my parents own a hairdresser And I was like, he, he basically said, like, if you want to say that it's bad, cool. But, like, quote your studies. Red meat is higher than it. Like, all of these other things. That's this is so what I mean. Like, it was so funny. I literally was pissing myself laughing. It's just like time. picking your poison, isn't it? And, like, I feel like everything is carcinogenic, carcinogenic in these, like, this day and age. Like, there's nothing you can't, like, it's like if you fry your bacon to a certain temperature, you're getting, yeah, like, you're cancer. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I, I just... Fuck it. I just want, I need an energy boost, mate. My yeah. calories are in 2000. If I get yeah. cancer, fuck it. You know what I mean? Mate, I, I, I have slowly started drinking more Monster and more caffeine as I've got in, and it's helped me get me through my days. And mm. if that counts as anabolic, then yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> nice. Uh, go off one of yours. We'll just uh, go back and forth. Um, I didn't get loads at loads. Let me have a look. Um, We've already touched on one of them. Long-term plans, reflection of the prep so far, um, other things outside of bodybuilding. I think we had a nice one from uh, Ruben. He was saying um, about touching on building the right environment and support system around you um, Mm. and how detrimental the inverse can be to the process. So obviously we've touched on the importance of it, but I think something that's nice to to talk about is how you actually get that community. Um, Obviously, before I met Max and was kind of invited into this already existing community, I was working Mm. hard to build up my own community. And to be honest, the way that I did that is I set myself a goal um, of when I was at my the the first non-commercial gym and and when I moved here as well, is I'm just going to speak to one new person at the gym every day. Mm. Like go up to them and just be like, what's your story? What are you training for? Like just start the conversation. Most of the people that are in the gym, especially bigger guys as well, are so happy to talk to you and tell you Mm. their story. And, And from that, you'll make connections. And you'll, you'll go in there and you'll see them at the same time because generally people are training at the same time. Um, and, and all of a sudden, you just walk in and it's just a friendly environment rather than going in, it's just a bunch of strangers around you. You go and you're like, oh, you're right, how are you doing? Like, I go into my gym, there's like uh, like 50-year-old guys that I'll see, there's 18-year-old guys that I'll see, there's like 50-year-old women that I'll see. I know the coaches, I know, I know most of the people that train at my gym just because at some point in time, I've had a positive interaction with mm-hmm. them. And I think that's the important first step is, yeah, yeah, you can go into the gym and you can kind of, do your own thing and keep your headphones on but 
if you want that support community, you need to actively seek it as well. Hmm. And if you're too scared to ask someone's story, I find like the best way, like some of the, like I, I there's multiple people in my gym I, I talk to on like a daily basis if I see them, just ask to work in on a set. Like, cause that's, that's literally how, like you'll just end up naturally talking. Yeah. Like it's it's so easy. Like you'll get the odd person who'll just be like, "No, nah, I've got fifty sets of lateral raises here." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm all right, mate. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But like, like you said, the majority of people, even though a lot of people will look, you know, intimidating because they're, you know, dying because they're tra- training their heart out. Everyone in there is trying to get the same thing out of it. At the end of the day, you know, it is a positive impact in their life. And I think some, like most of the people I've met from the gym, are some of the friendliest, nicest people ever. Yeah, um, although sometimes they walk around with their headphones on with like a fucking death face because they're about to go slam <laughs> 600 milligrams of caffeine and they're about to squat 300 kilos. Yeah, like, no, like too they're really friendly guys. <laughs> I promise they are really friendly. Mm. Um, but it's just a case of putting yourself out there and being willing to like, I don't want to say take that leap, but it almost is, especially for people that are like socially awkward and have never done mm. that type of thing before. Literally, that's what I'd say. Set yourself a goal of just speaking to one person in the gym in whatever way, shape or form. If it's asking to work in, it's asking their story, this, that, the other. And like there was um, a guy who won an amateur Olympia in Spain who was in my gym the other day. And I literally just went up to him and went, what's your story? And I've got him on Instagram now. He follows me. I follow him. I've asked him questions. And like, you just build those connections over time. Mm. And it's something that it does take time to build up that community. With with Max's group, I was lucky that I came in and I was like, this is amazing. But I've been actively trying to build up my gym community for the past year and a half to mm. the point where I've got it to where it is today. And I've got a good group of people around me. And it, it's something that you, it, it, you're not just going to fall into 99% of the time. You have to actually actively. You need to seek that discomfort. Like, I'm not going to lie. I remember the first time Max put me in that group chat and I saw all the messages coming in. And I'm not just like, I genuinely shat myself. I was like, because I've been so used to group chats in the past where it's just like you say something, you get mugged off. Do you know what I mean? So I was expecting to put stuff in there and I'd be like mugged off, but like straight away, well, well received. Yeah. And I think something else is being completely honest and being your true self. Because, you know, if you want to, you know, create a community, I feel like there is so much, I feel like there's, there's barriers people naturally have. And if you just lower those early on, like, of course, for certain people, you know, it's going to take longer, but you know, if you show someone, you know, vulnerability in a way, and you know, we've had deep conversations, which I haven't probably even had with some of my close mates, you know, but like the sooner you do that, the deeper those relationships go, because you have deep conversations, not just asking, oh, what'd you do at the weekend, you know? And you have to find the right people to have those conversations. Of course, yeah. It's like a level of feeling because there's some people. You need to sort that, Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. It's about finding the right people as well because there are some people that you can just have that conversation with. Like I said, in that group chat is is an amazing group of people. And Mm. I know that I could pull any one of them to the side and have a personal chat with them Mm. and and it would go down well. Um, But realistically, get yourself out there. You will very quickly learn who is and isn't friendly. And. Mm and and work towards it and i think the other thing that um that ruben touched on is that the negative effects of having the opposite if you're surrounded by people that are drinking trying to push you to do shit you don't want to do oh mate one meal ain't gonna hurt you you're gonna fall to the social pressures um or or potentially could fall to the social pressures and at the end of the day they're not the type of people that are going to help you achieve your goal you Mm. need to surround yourself by people who want you to achieve your goal who will support you in doing that the type of person and i've talked about this a bit on my stories before that will give it to you straight you said about this earlier you don't just want to be surrounded by yes men who are going to be like yeah you're going to smash it you're going to smash it and you're not 
because you've got shit that you need to work on, but they didn't want to tell you it because they thought they were being your mate by by not saying it. You need people that will tell That's you. That's when you eat that extra cheeseburger and you're like, oh, it's all right, yeah. my mate Sam, I'm going to get turn pro. I can afford to eat this quarter pound yeah. of a cheese. Like... Yeah. And I think it's not only like that side of things, but it's also the mental side of things. If you're working towards a goal and you've constantly got people putting you down for that goal, it's just mm. going to make you feel bad about yourself. And at the end of the day, you have that goal for a reason. Like that is, uh, I don't want to say fundamentally a part of who you are, but you want to do it for a reason. Mm. And if you're being pushed away from that goal from other people, there's always going to be an element of regret in the back of your mind if you don't do it. And mm. there's a nice quote about this. Um, oh God, what is it? It's something like the, the price of regret is um oh, so it's like the... the price of a sacrifice or something like that um essentially saying that yeah like sometimes you do need to cut people off sometimes you do need to sacrifice things but it's mm. better to do that and at least try to achieve your goal than than look back and wonder what if i've always said like my biggest fear in life would be like giving up on my dream like genuinely like i'd i would rather like i feel like i've had people people in my life probably look down at me because i you know i work in a supermarket you know, like, and, and at this age where I'm trying to pursue a, a career in PT coaching, like my, my main dream is to break community, you know, be a good coach and, you know, just be able to provide value and, you know, give confidence to people and create a, that kind of community via, you know, putting stuff out there. But like, if I gave up on that, I just, I, I feel like each person has an individual dream and, you know, you should, your, your goal in life should be to chase that no matter what and you know if you surround yourself with people who neg you out for for whatever your dream is you know you're never going to chase that you know even even parents to an extent like you know it's, it's like h said in his story like even your family might not understand you know why you're why you're sticking to you know, you know your meal plan so religiously it's like my mom made pasties last night and she was like just have a bite just one bite and i was like no I'm not yeah, having a bite. And she was like, she was like, you're so obsessed. You're so obsessed. And she's like, you don't get it, mate. Yeah, right? Yeah. Mum, I, I need can't. to be shredded. Okay. <laughs> Mum, I'm going on holiday and I need to be wham. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. God. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's definitely, um, it's like, it, it's so important to have those people around you, especially if you can find those people that are going to support you and have similar goals because you're all learning off of each other. You're building each other up and you're all going to succeed together. And it's like mm -hmm. I touched on earlier, you don't want people that are going to get jealous of your success. You want people that are going to support you in doing that. And I feel like there are certain people in the bodybuilding community that are um, both types of people. Um, some that are just, they, they, they say they want to see you do well, but they don't. And there are people that genuinely want the best for you and they don't care if they're going up against you or whatever. They just want to know that you've put your all into it because that's what the sport's about. Mm. And it's just finding those people, surrounding yourself with them and just thriving together to achieve your goal. And this isn't just in bodybuilding. This is in any area of your life. Yeah, 100%. It applies to all aspects of life. Chasing, whatever it is that you're chasing, you need to surround yourself by like-minded individuals who are supportive. Mm. Very good question. Thank you, uh... Okay. Um, <laughs> that was a spam to be with some fun. <laughs> uh, he says, he says, uh, most anabolic vape flavors. Um, I'll tell you what, this sour apple crystal bar is ass. It literally just tastes like smoke. Um, lemon and lime crystal, unbelievable. I use refillables. I use refillables. So, because mate, the amount that I'm going through at the moment, and I, like, I, this isn't a flex. This is me saying I need help. Um, it's, it's, just, it's, it's incredible. Please, like, 
Hey, if you go on Affinix, I, I sponsor this podcast. Um, <laughs> they they sell like thirty mil of liquid for like seven quid, and I'll tell you what, like in in one of those like three thousand five hundred, it's like ten mil, and they're what like ten quid. Mm. Like it's, it's mad. Yeah, so I, I I keep gaslighting myself. I'm like, I'm gonna this last one. It was the last one. Don't don't yeah. because I'm on thirty five mg's at the moment. Yeah, send send me the link after this podcast, please. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's not looking good, bro. Yeah, it's not I, looking I, good. This is what I said. I was like, after prep, I'll stop. Yeah, this is what I said. I said after this diet phase, no more. Yeah, we'll uh, see. <laughs> like I, I want to stop. Yeah, whether I can or not is is yeah. Um. <laughs> But to answer your question, I'm a big fan of green apple. Um, I actually really like pink lemonade. Um, I, I vibe with pink Such lemonade. Some of the bit. pineapple ones as well. But that's just me. Yeah. Um. He also. Oh God, I just went gone. He says, "Why? Why is oats clear of cream of rice? He hates cream of rice so much." This guy. To be honest, I I'd never tried cream of rice. Mm. I've never tried it. And then I went to Max's, and Max was like, "Get a load of this." I was like. Mm. And, and and Zal had influenced me. Zal's memes had influenced me, and I was like, "Shit in it." I've I've, I've heard bad things because of Zal, mm. and he was like, "Just try it, mate." I tried it, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" Um, so now I, I literally while I was at Max's, I was like, "Fuck it, we'll go on Amazon and we'll order some like random cream of rice." Mm. Went on Amazon, ordered some, and I made it. I had like cream of rice, the like protein paste. Yeah, you need to layer it properly. Some, yeah, some strawberries, some blueberries, a little bit of honey. Um, some salt and some cinnamon on the top and mate it's been a staple ever since and I tell you what I got the trained by JP um, vanilla one mm. uh, cream of rice that is and I got trained by JP chocolate orange protein powder and don't go for cheap cream of rice go for like it, it's worth the little bump in price yeah mate, otherwise honestly, it is I would like fucking eat that by the kilo oh my <laughs> god but maybe it's just because it's a new food and I'm in a I, th- I think Zao's just absolutely butchered like making it. I reckon he's put boiling yeah. hot water all over it and he's microwaved it for like six minutes and he's put his like spoon in it. Yeah, it's and it's just up. solid. Do you know what solid. I mean? And he's gone into that, it's like a puck and he's like picks up the whole box <laughs> and he's just like, nah, mate, 30 quid for this. Nah, nah. not having it, mate. Nah, mate, honestly, it's, it's, it's now a staple in my diet and I can see it being that way for a long time. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in love with it. I'm in mm-hmm. love with it. I've got two two other questions which are more serious. Um, uh, oh, do you want to go next? Let's have a look and see if I've made half. My, the thing you need to understand is whenever I put a question on my story, mm. about ninety five percent of it is bollocks. Is is just random questions. My Q and A's. I can put up a Q and A and I will get like one question. Is it like, just muscle worship guys asking and for your underwear? No, it's 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 if you if you this person and that person were in a room, who would you shoot first? Like shit like that, or it's, it, I had that other one the other day. It's like, would you rather fight like what was it like 10, 15 year olds or 50, 10 year olds or something like that? Like, I always get just the random ones, or like, how big's your dick? Nice, <laughs> nice. class, small is Standard. the answer, right? So, if you want to go for your deep ones, we, we, we can touch on your deep ones. Um, I've got how, how do you deal with the isolation of bodybuilding? Um. I think obviously we've touched on quite a bit. I think community, community, finding a community with a similar interest is a massive thing because I feel like, for me personally, like I've always, I've always had like supportive friends of what I do, but I feel like not having that direct understanding of kind of the sacrifice you have to make sometimes, like it makes you question your own beliefs and you're a bit kind of. I'm a I'm a person who gets very much in my own head, and 
you know, for anyone understanding coming into the sport, like you do have to make sacrifice and don't get me wrong. You can do it and you can still make progress, but if you want to kind of go far within it, you do need to kind of, you know, make these said sacrifices, you know, day to day. So I think if you can early on surround yourself with people who are doing the exact same thing as you, you know, you can be a lot more flexible, you know, you can go out for meals with them because they're on the same kind of, you know, trajectory, you know, you can train with them, you know, you're not on your own constantly. Um, yeah. I think there's, um, there's kind of a couple of different approaches I'd take to this as well. I think one of them is the mentality side of things. As, as mm. we touched on earlier, you've got to be very sure of yourself as to why you're doing it. But I think a lot of people think of the isolation side of things as a really negative thing mm. in a sense. And and this was something that um, a different competitor actually spoke to me about. They said, it's you leveling up your game and you mm. won't be isolated. You'll be surrounded by the people that actually want to see you do well. So if you see it as isolation, that's the way you're seeing it. But what like uh, I think quite a nice mentality to have is I'm doing this to better myself and push myself to that next level. 100%. This is what it takes. Um, you 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 can't put your energy into fake friends. You can't you you don't have that luxury like you potentially did if you if you weren't doing this. And and I feel like those superficial friendships are just um, that they're not going to benefit you towards your goals. So you may feel isolated because you have to cut a lot of these links off. But it's you taking yourself to the next level and really upping your game. Mm. Um, so but for me, that kind of gave me a little bit of reassurance. I was like, yeah, like this competition is, or at least this competitive season is a big thing for me. So, yeah, I'm by myself a lot, but I've got a good group of people around me and it's me taking myself to that next level. And, yeah, there's time in the I think if you're in your off season as well, it doesn't have to be. as. That's what I was literally about to say. Like, unless you're prepping, like prep is the time where it is going to be, you know, you are isolated because you you are controlling all these factors so you know closely that's that's where it's like yeah you kind of need to isolate yourself in a way but you know throughout an off season if you're growing if you're doing this just for fun bodybuilding doesn't have to be isolating at all like you literally all you have to do track your macros ensure you get good sleep and you know train hard that's really all you have to do you know you can make good solid progress doing that um i think the other thing for me as well and this isn't going to apply to everyone is um so i i've spoken like briefly on this earlier is i'm a gamer as well so mm. i've got that little community it's like if i want that little social touch i've got little areas that i can tap into outside of bodybuilding mm. and i think having that is like a nice little saving having thing. having other hobbies is definitely a, a good way to uh i think obviously you can't fully commit to other hobbies while you're like bodybuilding is very intense as mm. well at least when you're in a prep because that's the way it has to be but that doesn't mean it has to become your only personality trait. There are things you mm. can do outside of that to still have those small moments of interaction. Yes, it's more isolating than a lot of other things. It's not a team sport. You're not going in and you still have rugby with the boys later. Like mm. it, it doesn't work like that. But um, but those are a little like a small few things to to try and just at least consider moving forward if you if you are feeling isolated reach out to people try and do little things like even if you've got mates that are online or whatever it is there's still little fun things you can do to put yourself out there and i think for me a big part of it is not isolating yourself don't put yourself in that situation where you are pushing everyone away because it's Mm. easy to do it's so that is a massive thing i feel like i've realized like i feel like when you're in school and like i found that like i used to be in a friend group with like a load of girls but like recently it's just been like the lads but i feel like guys are very kind of you don't plan you just kind of go with the flow and i think like i've started like when i'm planning my weeks thinking like right where could i fit in time to see my friends and like actively making an effort 
to be like, right, let's go out, let's do something. Because I feel like a lot of people kind of get into this mindset of like, oh, I'll just wait for them to text me. I'll just wait for this to happen. And it ends up with, I haven't seen my mates in two months. And you're like, oh yeah, but we're all busy. But in reality, are you all busy? Or have you actually just not made the effort? Do you know I what I mean? The flip side of that as well is though, is especially for like, if you're on prep and all your mates are going out all the time mm. and, they're, and they're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not going to invite you because we know you're going to say no. It's mm. like... That's bad. You shouldn't do that. You should always ask, always yeah. ask. This is what I mean is it becomes clear who your true friends are of who yeah. wants to spend time with you because if they were your mates and they did want to see you do well and they genuinely cared about you, they'd try and include you in other ways. So mm. yeah, there is a sense of like reaching out. And I think if you have got the right people around you to do that, do that. But also don't continue with those friendships that aren't going to be supportive of you as well. There has to be a bit of give and take. So as much as it's easy to try and reach out, reach out to the right people. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, last one I've got from uh, my questions. Uh, where is it? How do you know when you're training with appropriate intensity? I think they're just saying like, how, how do you know when you're trained to failure? You know? um, I think it's, that's a, that's a hard question to answer because I think it depends on your level of experience as well. Max, Max, like really like, I feel like, I feel like the scientific, like the scientific, like bodybuilder in me would just be like, you know, when your reps slow down, that is a clear sign that, you know, you're approaching failure, but like Max opened my eyes in the sense that, you know, and I realized this when like I started PTing people, everyone's version of failure is going to be a lot different. And it's like exactly what you said earlier with Ruben, right? Ruben has always probably trained to a high standard, right? But there, when you have a different environment, you know, when you've been doing this a lot longer, you realize that you can push your body a lot harder than you can. And this is why there's always a, the argument in the industry of, are you trained to real failure? Because, you know, this top IFBB pros version of failure is going to be a lot different to, you know, you know, Derek, who's like his first year into natural bodybuilding, you know? It's a skill. It is. It's and it's, it's going to change over time the more you do it. And I think um, it is very much so a mind over matter sense is when you feel like you are approaching failure, chances are you're not, especially mm. on legs, mm. especially on legs. And I think that's why legs hits different sometimes is because the intensity you can get on legs, your mind, if you want another rep and you really want another rep, you can probably get it most of the time. Mm. At least I'd say for a solid like, 85, 90% of the population, if you really wanted to push yourself and you've got yourself in that headspace, you can get it. Um, mm. it. It is very hard to just give a set answer to because it's so focused on where everyone's perception of failure is. Um, and as we said, it's a skill and it takes time to build up and up. And I think something that, at least in my experience, is seeing someone else fucking go for it. Like, if you're training at a pure gym, no offense to people that train at pure gyms, and I'm sure there are people at pure gyms who train hard, don't get me wrong, but you go and you watch someone hit a top set in Rotherham, like an ultraflex. And you're like, holy fuck. You sit there and go, I have been training wrong. It is mm. a humbling experience when you train around people that, that train hard. And it makes you reevaluate yourself and go, I can work harder. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, because I think failure is so subjective, it's difficult to say, oh, you're doing this. And as you said, you could put a, a boundary on it saying uh, you, your reps are slowing down and, and you can't do any more. But there, I think there's a mental barrier there as well as a physical one. And the first boundary that you have to push through is that mental one. 
and a lot of times people won't get that until they've been there and they've seen it and they've done it and then it opens your eyes and mm. then you realize i i can train a lot harder than what i think i am if i'm in that right space um and max obviously did a thing about this um a story or a reel i think it was about going into a set with the right mentality mm. if you're going into it and you're like oh I'll just feel out this way and you get like two reps in and you're like yeah I'll come yeah this is the working now. set now yeah and you're like no you are not going to be in the right space to go let's get this set let's work um and i think having that is is at least the first step in making sure that you're achieving that level of intensity mm. Yeah, that's what, that's what my question is, mate. I don't know if you've got uh, any more. Uh, the rest of mine are pretty bollocks. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I'll say we wrap it up there. That was pretty good. Yeah. I think that's like an hour and 40 minutes. Let um let everyone know your socials so they can uh, follow you if they uh you know so, want to. Uh, my Instagram is TomPedaFitness and my TikTok is Tom.Pedder. Um, so drop me a follow on there. All the love is greatly appreciated. Fantastic. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. You know, as always, we'll be back uh, next week and look out for stories for questions. And uh, yeah, talk to you in a bit.